Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, Xavier Simoneau has signed his first contract with the Canadians organization. We're going to talk Colin White being bought out by the Ottawa Senators, and are there pickles in Montreal's future? All that and more inside today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 652 of Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first watch if you are seeing our shining faces on YouTube. When you are listening to this, it is Thursday. That means we are less than anywhere from... It's the draft is tonight. The draft is tonight. tonight. I'm not going to do math because nobody wants to see a grown man struggle that much right now. We are at draft day. When you are listening or watching this, I am in a car on my way to Montreal from Rochester, New York. Laura will be in Montreal. She lives there. That's how this thing works. And as always, we are very, very excited. Before we jump into today's content, Laura, it is basically Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Boxing Day. I don't, it is a holiday where we get presents and then we are very (laughs) excited about it. It is our birthday. It is Locked On Canadian's birthday. We're going to go with that. It is, yeah, we're very, very excited because obviously by the time you're listening to this, the draft is probably either happening or uh, hours or minutes away. Um, We are recording this on Tuesday night, so if any breaking news happens, I will throw in a bonus episode for sure. Uh, Tonight's the night. It's going to be Wright or Slavkovsky or Cooley. The Montreal Canadiens are going to have the first overall pick. They're not likely to trade it between now and when the draft happens. I think it's going to be a really big moment, and... I cannot wait. I literally cannot wait. And um, if you are listening to this on Thursday, we will be doing reactions. So our Friday content is going to be, um, I'm going to say lit, because I think that's what the kids are calling it still. <laughs> um, I'm, 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 yeah. But also, uh, we will be reacting immediately to the pick. Um, that'll be me. And that will be posted on our YouTube and I believe in our feeds. Somebody else is producing. So we will have a full episode on Friday talking about what happened on day one. Yes, uh, barring any technical difficulties, I'm staying in an Airbnb, so hopefully the Wi-Fi is good that I can get all that uploaded and taken care of for you. But we're going to jump into the news we do have, and this was obviously from Monday, but we are behind a little bit because of our recording schedules. There were American holidays and this and that, and so many other things happening this week. But Xavier Simoneau of the Montreal Canadiens has signed an AHL contract, a one-year AHL contract, as he is now exiting the QMJHL and the CHL pool. He's too old to play next year. And he's following a path set before him by Raphael Harvey Pinard, also picked in the seventh round by the Canadians as an overage player, really high expectations. And he has signed a contract with the Rocket next year that will get him through that final year of non-entry-level eligibility. They can sign into an entry-level deal. But they're going this route where they're seeing what this player has. Can they make that jump from the QMJHL, the CHL, whatever, to the next level, to the AHL? Rafael Harvey Pinard did that and earned himself an entry-level contract out of that and has likely played his way onto the Montreal Canadiens roster next year. Xavier Simoneau is in that same mold. He's a smaller guy, 
put up a ton of points playing for, I believe, both Drummondville and uh, Charlottetown in the QMJHL. On that Charlottetown team also was William Trudeau, uh, current defenseman, Habs prospect. I'm really excited about this because we've talked about retooling the AHL pool a little bit. We know there's going to be defensemen there. We don't know what the forward group looks like, and this gives them a name. And it's now that next step for Jean-Francois Houle and his coaching staff is, here's the first of those prospects. What can you do here? He's part of that now. And I'm I'm very excited because I think he's in a very similar mold to Raphael Harvey-Pinard. I don't know if the ceiling's as high. I know Jack Hahn was very, uh, had a post about how excited he is about this, that he thinks he's a surefire NHLer. But it's exciting to have AHL news again. They signed some other guys uh, back before the holiday, and it sounds like Dominic Martel might be back in the near future too. But there's prospect news before development camp, which we love. We do love to see it. We absolutely do love to see it. And I know Xavier Simono was somebody that you brought up a couple of times where we were wondering about his status. We were wondering what the next step was for him. He almost seemed like he was forgotten. And I'm glad that he's not because I, I really like those players that kind of claw their way. Like the, like the overagers always have something interesting to contribute. Uh, a lot of the time, it might only be at the AHL level, and we don't know, right? Like, he still has to prove himself at the AHL level to see where he goes next. But in my opinion, like, this is just, like, this is the Canadians kind of taking care of business. Like, they're they're progressing or they're moving someone forward. And somebody brought up um, in on Monday's press conference, right, like, the 50 contract limit, all that, blah, blah, blah. He's signed to the Rocket yes. at the moment. Yes, he's signed to an AHL-only deal, so he's not counting against the cap limit. It's it's basically a perfect trial balloon for yeah. – it's like a PTO in the AHL like the Devontae Smith held that. It's like, well, let's see what happens here. If you play well enough, maybe you'll get an NHL contract out of it or an, you know, an actual AHL. It's a great trial balloon, and I think he's going to fit right into that lineup. They're going to lose guys. Yessi Alonen, um, Rafael Harvey-Pinard are likely going to be on the NHL roster next year, and there's some vets that we're not sure are going to be back. There's opportunities there for him. Yeah. And this is, it's like you said, it's the Habs taking care of business. It's nothing fancy. It's what had to be done. Bing, bang, boom. No mess, no muss, no fuss. Done and over with. It's a low risk. I think this is the thing is that it's it's an almost no risk situation, right? Like it's still, you're still signing a player to a contract and, and, and you're still wanting to see what he brings. But to me, this is really, really low risk. And I know Scott we're going to talk about a couple of higher risk situations in just a second, I guess. Yeah, we do. We uh, Colin White was bought out by the Ottawa Senators. He has been linked relentlessly to the Canadians for the last year. And coming up next, we are going to talk about whether or not we think it's a fit and how that might work. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by the fine folks at Built Bar. And we're here to talk to you about their new flavor, Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. So it's protein-infused marshmallow, got brownie chunks, coconut flavor, everything you want, covered in 100% real chocolate, and it's low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and 100% delicious. They're great first thing in the morning when you need to start your day right. They're great when you need that boost in the middle of the day when you're working and you're struggling a little bit. They're good post-workout for a nice reward or on your hike when you need that extra boost of energy like I've used them for. They're exactly what you're looking for. And if you go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow, 
Stop fantasizing and get to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. And just before we launch into our next stuff here, obviously you're listening to this on draft day. Laura will be doing clips of the picks with all our other NHL experts. It's going to be, we've got two great hosts going to break down every pick. They're going to bring in our local experts. You're not going to want to miss the lockdown NHL draft show. If you do, we're going to be mad and then we're going to be sad. And then we're going to go back to covering the NHL draft because that's what we do here at Locked On Canadians. <laughs> we cover things. We do the things that other we people We react to about. things. We react to things. And we sometimes we eat gross things. things. Yes. And speaking of gross things, Colin White's contract was bought out by the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. <laughs> so. <laughs> I did not see that. Coming. I'm so sorry. I did not see that. That's not what I expected. I thought when you said speaking of gross things, we are going to record some of the things we keep promising you that we're, we're going to record, especially since we're going to be in the same city. But I didn't, I absolutely did not expect those words to come out of your mouth. <laughs> if I had a nickel, I'd have two nickels, which is weird that it happened twice. But Colin White was bought out by the Ottawa Senators during this buyout window. He was signed to $4.75 million for, I believe, another three years. Ottawa has six years of uh, dead hit or dead cap hit on their books. It's under a million dollars a season. So it's not terrible for them. And it's clear that this wasn't working out for them. But Colin White was a name that was heavily linked to Kent Hughes, who's known him, obviously, through the U.S. program and beyond that. And Colin White has been linked to Montreal for the last year since the trade deadline. And Montreal appears to be the leading suitor for him when free agency opens on July 13th. And honestly, I'm of two minds on this in that he is not going to be an offensive dynamo, but his defensive numbers are halfway decent. And my thought is with this is that if they are going for Colin White, they are likely shipping out Christian Dvorak and drafting Shane Wright. And they will go Suzuki, Wright, White, Evans. And that's not the worst thing I've ever heard for a rebuilding team. And the biggest thing is with Colin White is that at his previous cap hit 4.75 mil per year it's too rich for the montreal canadians blood that is not a thing they could afford at least not at that price him being bought out and still getting paid bit by bit by the ottawa senators for his remaining contract means he's more likely to take a a contract that is more palatable i might say that he comes in under two million dollars and you go you give him a two-year deal two two and a half maybe her and you see if he's worth it if he's not you didn't pay that much for it and you move on with your life and if he gives you great value and you're the montreal canadians you wait till the end of that second year and he's playing well you flip the 27 almost 28 year old for picks and do something else with it you know it's not the worst thing i've ever heard but my fear is is that if they're going to go after colin white that it changes their draft plans at the 11th hour and that's a thing i don't love i don't love that idea Here's the thing, in my opinion, is that we don't necessarily have to worry about this. I mean, it might have happened by the time you're listening to this, because, you know, this is a Tuesday evening recording for a Thursday morning episode. But I don't think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to be looking at Colin White unless they have trade offers for Christian Dvorak. I think that's what's going to happen here. A cheaper Christian Dvorak is nice. He's he's not as good as he is, I think, is the thing. Um, that's in my opinion. And 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 Scott will vouch for this. I had to ask the group chat. I'm like, he's stained with Ottawa Senators-ness. 
And I just automatically think that anybody coming out of Ottawa other than Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla is, or Thomas Shabbat is objectively bad. It's just stained with Ottawa Senators mediocrity. So I was just like, I don't want this person on my team, right? But when you look at it objectively, he's a black hole offensively, as um, our friend Jay put it. And he's good defensively. So I, I think good defensively is great if the Montreal Canadiens are now going to draft a center and they want to develop that center and they want to put that center in game situations, then a defensive person behind him and their depth chart will still have Ryan Paling and Jake Evans until one of those guys gets traded. I think it's fine. I, I, like, I, I would be okay with this, but I just don't think that we have to worry about it unless somebody comes calling for Christian Dvorak at the, on the draft floor. And like, I look at it now, like in college for Boston College, the two years that he was there, he was... Very good, very good. Over a point per game or almost a point per game in his two seasons. Uh, decent in the AHL. He had a very strong season in 18-19 where he had 41 points in 71 games for the Ottawa Senators. And I think that's when he got his contract. Then he had 23 points in 61 games, 18 points in 45. Then he had 10 and 24 this year. I don't think he's going to be a big point producer unless something has changed and he's recovered and it's just Ottawa was terrible, which... They were Montreal wasn't any better, but Ottawa was also bad. It's a, it's a low risk bet, but it all depends on what that contract comes in at. And I, I'm torn because I do think there's value for Christian DeBarc. Like we talked about with Jeff Petrie, there's value for Jeff Petrie. I don't know what the value for Christian Dvorak is right now, because he's one of those guys. He had a real bad season under Dominique Ducharme, got injured, had a very strong finish under Martin St. Louis but how much does that count for? And I don't like the idea of trading a guy that we know can play NHL minutes and produce at least a decent point rate for a guy that has had one strong NHL season, and that's it. That's that's where the risk comes in. But if he's cheap, it's fine. As simple as that. It's fine. He's there to kind of you know help maybe bubble shelter Shane Wright a little bit if need be. But in that case, I'd still rather just have Christian Dvorak. That's my that's my whole thing too is that I like Christian Dvorak and I would only be getting rid of him like like I wouldn't be getting rid of him to sign Colin White for cheap you know that's what I mean is that I would be getting rid of him for something else that the Montreal Canadiens truly need like if they trade Christian Dvorak and then they have Ryan Paling and Jake Evans at the beginning that's fine for me because they're not expected to contend. They're not expected to be heavy hitters. And in fact, it's preferable that they don't do all that well next year so that they get more high draft picks, particularly since they might be trading draft picks this like for futures um, during this draft. Like I personally, I honestly, I don't see it. I don't like, I, and I also don't understand why Colin White has been linked with the Canadians since the beginning of the season. I understand that there's a Kent Hughes connection because he's familiar with them, Boston, blah, blah, blah. But I don't understand why like his name keeps coming up. Like, can we stop looking at Ottawa for people? Like if we're going to like covet people, can we covet others? Like, and, and here's the thing is you want to talk about coveting people and wanting to covet good people uh, coming up in our next segment. We're going to do a little bit of, I don't want to say, uh, you know, tinfoil hatting, but we'll call it speculating uh, relating to the San Jose sharks, getting a new GM and changing maybe the way they do things. And that's all coming up next. But first, this episode today is brought to you by Rock Auto, and there's so many makes and models of cars. It can be hard to walk into a chain store or your local uh, you know, car shop and be, I need this, I need that, where you're going to pay 30 50 100% more for those parts. 
and hope they have that part in stock that you need. And with Rock Auto, you can do everything from the comfort of your own home. You can sit on the couch, bring up rockauto.com on your phone or your computer, shop for the exact part you need. You're not limited to what, you know, is just at that dealership. You can get whatever you want. You need brake pads, you need floor mats, you need taillights. They've got everything and it's so much less stressful and it's an easy to use website. And when you're done using rockauto.com to get all the parts for your car, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are back with one final segment before we let everyone go enjoy the draft weekend. This is, there is nothing written in stone that this is a thing that is going to happen. This is your big disclaimer on this before you get mad at us on Twitter and in the YouTube comments and everything else. Mike Greer is the new general manager of the San Jose Sharks. He has never been a GM before. This is his first GM job. And we're imagining that San Jose is a team desperately in need of actual drastic changes to things, not half measures, not little things, drastic changes. They have a lot of expensive contracts that run for a long time, and that prevents them from spending money that they need elsewhere. One of those contracts is Mark Edward Vlasic. And our friend JD over at Locked On Sharks kind of speculated this morning, wondering that if a new GM coming in, one who has no loyalty, did not sign this contract, had nothing to do with Vlasic, would consider buying him out of his contract, making him a free agent going into this offseason. Because he's paid, I believe it's $7 million a season for another couple of years. He's already 35 years old. That's a steep, steep cost for a defensive defenseman who's watched his production decline heavily since basically 2015. That was seven years ago. And it's just gone down since then. And he's not the shutdown defenseman he once was. He's serviceable in what he is. But I wonder if he were to be bought out, we're talking about, you know, how do you round out this defensive group? Yeah, there's Chris Weidman. Yeah, there's Otto Leskinen. You've got these young guys. But if the young guys aren't ready, what do you do? My thought is, would the Canadians at a cheap cost like Colin White bring in Mark Edward Vlasic at, and I mean cheap, I mean, we're talking. We're talking two, Ilya Kovalchuk money. Yeah, we're talking under $2 million a season at, or else we're, you're walking away from that at this point. Like, I don't know what that buyout looks like. I haven't had time to run that on cap friendly, but third pairing defenseman, guys from Montreal, he's been linked with the Habs any number of times for whatever reason, whether it was speculation Wishful or not. Wishful thinking is what it was. <laughs> yes. So my thought is there's worse than, I guess, bringing Mark Edward Vlasic in to be like a third pairing mentor type for like a season, maybe two. Okay. Here's my thing is that I've always been a no on Mark. No, not always. Since let's say 2015. That's when his production started declining. This guy's not a scrub, right? He's a Canadian Olympian. He is somebody that was considered an elite player, you know, back in his prime. It's not his prime anymore. And he does not play the style of hockey that we're moving towards. My whole thing with Mark Edward Vlasic is that I like him as like, you know, a player, like a player that I've been a fan of in the past. I don't necessarily think Montreal needs him, but it could be a cap efficient solution if the guys that they want to bring up to the NHL level are not yet ready or they don't want to rush them. 
I don't think it's necessary, but my whole, the, the, the reason that I kept saying no on Mark Edward Vlasic was because there was so much money involved, so much cap space for a player that right now has not, like does not play to that level, right? We're talking about so, so much money and so little on ice contribution in comparison to the money. Again, I'm not like, I'm not trying to slam him or whatever, but if you were to tell me, I don't have to give up a player, a prospect, any assets, and you could get him for under two. Sure. Especially since you're trying to bring up some young guys. Like I feel like he would, he's one of those guys that is the gold standard for veteran presence. Like when you think veteran presence, he's one of the players that comes to mind. And I think that would be great only for the mentorship aspect for the bringing the young guys up to speed aspect. I don't think that he's a contributor at the NHL level anymore, as much as I love him and his dogs and how adorable he is. Like he literally drives across from wherever he is in Quebec I want to say it's close to Quebec City, Alma, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, all the way to San Jose every year he drives because his dogs are scared of flying. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. So this is why I'm a fan of this player. But does he belong on the Montreal Canadiens? I'm, I'm honestly not sold. I know, I know you like him, but I'm not sold. I'm just not. I, I don't like the idea of it at his current co- – because, like, we've had, you know, Kyle and JD from Lockdown Sharks. Uh, hi, since Kyle. Since day one, since the existence of Lockdown Sharks, back when C was one of the hosts as well, they have been trying to sell us Mark Edward Vlasic. And every single time it comes up, I'm like, no. But for free? It, it's That's the thing is it's like if, you're, if we're only paying the small cost of whatever his contract is, fine. I'm not trading for this unless there's a hell of a sweetener coming in. Like, and I mean like real good, you know, kind of sweetener piece with this. And I don't see that happening. If he gets bought out, it would be one, a huge move for the sharks and something that they need. But at the same time, I do wonder, it's like, it makes sense, but at the same time, it also doesn't make any sense. Colin White at least makes sense in a vacuum. Mark Edward Vlasic is, they're assuming someone else is moving out this year, Ben. And I can't help but think it's just David Savard to Electric Boogaloo. And I all due respect to David Savard. He got put in over his head. And obviously there's going to be a new defensive coach coming in at some point. And maybe maybe, maybe it's David Savard. <laughs> I don't know if that makes our defense better or worse than it was under Luke Richardson. All things, uh, all things considered on that. We do what have about Mark up- Edward Vlasic? Honestly, there if he were to retire. I could see it. I'm sure he's played with Martin St. Louis before. So, or against him or knows of Marty at this point. So I think they might've been on one of those team Canada's together, if I'm not mistaken. More than likely. And Maybe. we do have one final update on things. And this is not me faking out Laura. Uh, Ryan Rashog just tweeted out there are at least four teams in the mix for Yessi Pugliarvi right now. Return is expected to be minimal. Listen, all of our commenters, everyone who's commented on this has said, do not want. Okay. The thing with Jesse Pugliarvi is that people are like, oh, he's only producing or or Connor McDavid holds him up or whatever. I think he's an underrated piece. I do not think that he is as bad as people are saying he is. I do not think that his contribution can necessarily be measured in like the number of points or whatever. I think his on-ice presence contributes more offensively than like, I guess... I'm trying to say that his numbers, his underlying numbers are good is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I think, I think it's worth a shot if, if you're not giving up too much. I think it's worth a shot. I know, I know a lot of people are not on board with it. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. A lot of people are not on board with this. But I really do think that 
he's a key piece that could improve the general on ice presence of the Montreal Canadiens. I look at Jesse Pugliarvi as a piece that I go, this is a guy that has flexibility to drive play in the right direction. And we did not have wingers who could do that on every line. I'm imagining a line that is Brendan Gallagher and Jesse Pugliarvi on it centered by like Shane Wright, where it's just two puck retrieval board battling monsters creating space for Shane Wright. And that to me is just, that's perfect. Or you put him with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And that's great too. There's options. And I think it's Montreal should very much be looking at this. I think there's so much happening here that like, it, it makes sense. And I understand if the return is marginal, I'd be very interested to see what a marginal return from the Canadians to the Oilers would be. But if I don't know. They got Jeff Petrie for basically free. Yeah. Well, yeah. For a second and Ethan who turned into Ethan bear and they ran Ethan bear out of town in like a couple of years, which there's, there's a free agent that I would look at, but that's, that's another story for another day is basically the asking price been anywhere from a second to a fourth according to insiders, depending on how much you listen to Mark Spector and everyone else. Habs got 14 picks. You might as well use one of them and that you know is an established NHLer. And if the Oilers take that, you you run. You just take that and you sprint. So uh, that is going to wrap up this episode. We are going to let everyone go enjoy the draft. Happy draft day, everybody. Make Next right episode, choice. there will be a first overall pick. The Canadians will have their guy. Yes. God help us if something weird happens. It will be a show for the ages. As always, you can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matlow. You can follow the show at LO underscore Canadians. Uh, make sure you're tuned in to the Lockdown NHL show where Laura will have reactions to our first round picks and anything else that's happening. If any news happens while I am traveling between Wednesday and Thursday, we will have a bonus episode on that. Do not worry about that. We are not going anywhere. As always, everyone, we can't wait to see what the draft holds, and we will see you all afterwards. Till next time.